Welcome to the podcast of the Pilates Alliance of Australasia. The PAA strives to continue promoting the expansion of the Pilates method as a professional and valued healthcare and fitness discipline. The goal of the PAA podcast is to explore the many facets and layers of the Pilates industry through conversations with the community. I'm your host, Bruce Hildebrand. Welcome to the show. On today's call, we have David Gunther from Pilates Business and Pilates Can in Canberra. David and I had our first interaction at a Pilates conference, and that's why we always recommend to come along to conferences because you inevitably meet some wonderful industry colleagues that very often you have a lot in common with. David and his wife and business partner, Claire, have worked at Pilates Can for many years, launching their business in 1999 with a fitness blended with Pilates, including small group PT and other related fitness approaches. David and Claire soon discovered that Pilates was their main focus as they expanded into the Canberra market more and more. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Bruce. It's a pleasure to be here. David, I understand there's a lot of focus for yourself and Claire with building a strong foundational side of Pilates, which allows it to be sustainable and something personally I strongly am aligned with, making sure that Pilates continues to come to the market by sustainable businesses and sustainable practices. Tell us more about some of the key pillars of what it is, particularly with the asset approach that you're taking to running businesses in the Pilates sector. Certainly, Bruce. I'll take a little step back, and that is, you mentioned my wife, Claire. She's a really important part of the equation in that because there's two of us, we really do have an advantage where I did start off teaching and I still do teach a little bit. Claire teaches quite a lot, but I focus on the business development, marketing and sales, and Claire focuses on the instruction, operations and finance. And that breakup is an excellent way to work because it means that we can support each other and help each other with those very specific and different rules. So my go is definitely the business development and marketing, although I do enjoy teaching Pilates and owning the studios with Claire. We use the 10-step client sales journey to really underpin what we do with assisting our prospective clients through their journey to become clients. We found that it works really well to think about it as a journey with steps and to think about those steps as needing assets that support them. And that's really a key part of our business development. From my experience, having that strong partnership in the many aspects that it does take to run a Pilates studio, that's a fortunate situation where you can take on different roles and balance in what's required. Yes, we are very fortunate. It does work very well, even though there's still the pressures on a small business everybody experiences, but we get to share that load. So it really does help and has put us in a strong position with our business, partly because of that. So let's dive into the 10-step client sales journey. David, you presented this at the PAA Pilates Conference in Sydney in 2019. Yes, we're going to start with the inquiry. So the inquiry obviously is a very important step for getting a prospective client to come into your business. We found that one of the best assets that we have that we want to drive our leads to is our website. The difference, they say, between websites and, say, a Facebook page is that you own your website. You've got more control and you can do various things with your website. However, taking a step back, the phone is very important as well because often people with our type of Pilates, our brand of Pilates, which is often people coming who want to fix injuries or conditions that are really holding their mobility back and their quality of life, 
they are wanting to make sure what they see on the website and what they've seen in the advertising is correct. So it often means that there is a phone conversation and there is a price presentation, and that's really important as well. It's not something we're going to go into a lot of detail today about the price presentation. We're going to look at the assets around what we do with the inquiry, the ability to have that phone call and to have a process around that phone call and around that price presentation is really important because that's what gets the inquiry over the line. They may have seen you seven or eight times. In fact, they say people that are looking for a product or service, they might often see you five, six, seven times before they actually make that inquiry or purchase that service from you. That makes me recount a story when we first opened our studio here in Melbourne. We'd been operating for eight months and a lady popped her head in and said, oh, you guys must be new here. She said, I drive past this same building every day on the way home from work, but I've just noticed your new sign. I said, yes, we've been here for eight months. And this is the classic comment you just made about the various touch points. No doubt, unconsciously, this lady had seen that sign many times, but it wasn't until that one day that something triggered her to actually take notice of it. Exactly. We get the same stories where someone says, I didn't know you were there and we've been there for 16 years. All of a sudden they found us. It's great that they find you eventually. One of the ways they might find you, of course, is online. So one of the assets we like to provide for our prospective clients are free download PDFs about Pilates exercises. There's a whole workflow of emails that go with these PDFs to keep the interaction going because the client or the prospective client, they don't know whether they really want to do this. It's not really the right time. There's other things going on in their lives. Of course, for us, why wouldn't you do Pilates now? The answer is because they've got football or they've got children playing football or they've got children that are sick. And so we need to keep in touch with them. We have two different types of workflows to provide that information so that we're talking in the language of the prospect and we're talking either to healthy prospects who are trying to maintain their well-being or we're talking to people that need to heal, people that have significant injuries or difficulties with their mobility whom we can help with Pilates. So we need to talk to their pain and help them answer that question, will Pilates can be the place for me to go so that I can address that issue? That's why we have those PDFs, those free downloads and those workflows of emails. David, if I'm running my own studio, and this is from a listener's perspective, and I've been doing so for some time and I literally am not resourced enough to put all these key assets together, where am I left Am I still going to be able to go okay as a business? Am I still going to be profitable? What I'm starting to see already in the early stages of this conversation, David, is it's amazing to have all these assets in place, but I also imagine it would take quite a period of time and a period of resource investment to bring all these things together. Would that be fair enough to say? It'll only take about 20 years, Bruce, in my experience. We have been working continuously on improving our game with our business development. That's what you have to do. You work with what you've got. Hang it, David, to spending 20 years trying to put all this stuff together. I feel like for those who are relatively new to the teaching game and potentially as studio owners and studio managers, I think there's a big consideration of the resource-heavy nature of our industry and all these elements and assets that you're specifically speaking to, David. I think if we can accelerate the access to this information, which obviously you're doing through your various business ventures, And I know this is coming from a really authentic and wholesome place because you know for a fact that the contribution to the industry is going to be a game changer. 
because these things need to be in place to be competitive. These things need to be in place to run a sustainable business. And to have the resources like this, I think it's really exciting what you're starting to branch out to and reach the extended Pilates audience in Australia. Yes, that is a need that we've seen for many years and we felt, well, we can help with that. We've created a separate business development arm now called Pilates Business and we have our podcast there, the Pilates Business Podcast, that is helping us to link in with the industry. That business is now quite sophisticated So we are in a position where we can develop those sort of resources and we can not only help Pilates can, but we can help other Pilates businesses as well. So I thank you for that question because it led straight into what we can offer to help the industry. If you're not wanting to take advantage of that, then there's a lot that you obviously can do yourself. You need to start with where you're at and build up gradually not try to get too sophisticated too quickly because you need to teach some Pilates and bring some money and not just be spending all your time advertising and getting your business development going. You need to deliver the service as well. As studio owners teaching a high quality of Pilates, we need to be very good at our business development because if we're not, someone else is. They may not be providing the service that you can provide, but their advertising, their marketing might be better. And that's a shame if you miss out on that business because you don't have those assets in place to address that problem for your business. I think it begs the question, David, about the nature of individual businesses as standalone stakeholders in the industry. It springs to mind the attraction potentially of being a franchisee with an organisation that has already got all these things in place. They've often got massive marketing budgets and various training systems in place that bring the whole thing together. But I really like what you're speaking about in regard to what it affords the standalone individual business owner to be able to put all these assets into place and really make their business stand out in the competition. Yes, it's certainly what we're trying to do because you're right, we are competing with some very organised franchises. I myself would not like to buy a franchise. I wouldn't like to be a franchisor either myself, but our small businesses that we have in the Pilates studio industry are, I think, really high quality and really personalised service that we provide. And we do owe it to ourselves to work to be able to compete with the franchises. Everyone's got their place, as mentioned earlier, but we need to be able to come up with the same quality with our business development. And that's certainly what we hope to share with the industry. It takes a certain type of person to be a studio owner. From my experience, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it and it's got to come with a lot of determination to fulfill on that. So if you're not up for that, experience would have me recommend to you to think long and hard about whether you want to take on that task and it's potentially a lot of risk like any great venture can be. Yes, and it's good to go into it with your eyes open. And the best way to do that, I believe, is to spend some time with an actual studio owner before you become a studio owner. So put in some time as an instructor who is working with a studio, either in a contract position or as an employee. But get that experience and try to see underneath the glossy image of the Pilates studio, which looks fantastic. But underneath, the legs are pumping pretty hard to get all of these assets that we're talking about today working for the business and making it seem effortless. But at the same time, yes, there's a lot of work going on there and a lot of investment, time and money. It's really easy potentially to be sold on the flashy side of Pilates. I know for a fact, and this is where we're heading with this conversation, David, there's a lot of work going on in the engine room. 
So let's dive back into continuing the assets conversation. Yes. So the next asset that I'd like to talk about is your content. We're putting together some content right now and it's got a purpose. One of the purposes is to help the industry and to help individual business owners to learn more about their opportunities for business development. Blog posts are something that anyone can write or they can get hold of that information so that they can also have this type of connection with a prospective client who may not be ready right now in their journey to jump in as a client. They remain as a prospect for a little while, but you want to be right there front and center and you want to be the preferred provider when they are ready. If you're in touch through providing those PDFs through a workflow of emails or blog posts or email newsletters or social media, then you're going to be on the front foot and you're going to be in a position where you're going to have the opportunity for that prospect to come on board with your business and your Pilates. When they do make that step, for example, they come into your studio. You're working with four clients and three others with another instructor in a semi-private environment where you're doing some team teaching. So you've got your hands absolutely full. Three of them are injured. Two of them are not that interested. It could be anything. And then your prospect walks in who you've been in touch with through the blog articles, the PDFs, the workflows. You may have even spoken with them on the phone. They've seen your website, you've sent them flyers, and they might have even seen your social media. So they walk in and you can't speak with them because you're instructing people and the person who was on your desk is now working from home. And what do you do? There's a good asset that you can have, an inquiry form, that we found to be very useful. And the instructor can take at least a minute to connect with that client that's come into your studio. They can take their details. They can assure them that they'll be called later on and they can have a meaningful conversation. It's great that they've come in and had a look at the studio and you're capturing that information. It doesn't take very long. And if you've got the form that asks specific questions, that can also help inform that next conversation, whoever is going to follow up with that prospect to have that price presentation conversation, answer their questions and take them through to the next step in their sales journey. I'm beginning to see how the journey process is well managed by each of these touch points. It's loud and clear, David, that you're really articulating for us each of those touch points and each of those processes and assets we need to have in place to run things well. Thanks, Bruce. So another one would be in a newsletter, a regular email newsletter. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Certainly, you don't want too much writing on it. You want a good two or three graphics and linking back to that other really important asset, your website, so that you can then create further engagements. So I'd really encourage the use of an email newsletter and those articles that are in the email newsletter can be attached to other automated emails or workflows as people decide, oh, I am interested in mat work or I'm interested in postnatal Pilates or I've got a back injury and I really need to address that. David, is now the right time to speak to the introductory systems that you have developed over the years, part of your offering with Pilates Business? Probably the best way to connect with us initially is to listen to this podcast, the PAA podcast, because we're going to look at some other steps along the client journey. But also we have our own podcast, the Pilates Business Podcast. That's probably the best place because that's where you'll learn a lot for free. The reason I've chosen podcasting as a way of connecting with the industry is that it's such an easy way of consuming important information in such a convenient way. You can be walking the dog, you can be driving the car to your Pilates studio. So the Pilates Business Podcast is the place to go and that's where you'll learn heaps. 
Thanks for your time on the episode, David, and we look forward to connecting next time. Thanks, Bruce. There is a membership category for every Pilates enthusiast, where the Alliance provides a wide range of information, resources, and support for everything you want to know more of with Pilates. Help us expand the message of the PAA by sharing with your network of friends and colleagues today so that the Pilates community can continue to be a vibrant and inspiring network for everyone's benefit. You can become a member today by visiting the links in the show notes. For existing members, join us on the PAA Member Forum Facebook page where you'll find an ongoing supply of resources and conversations to continue supporting you and your participation and involvement in the many levels of Pilates here in Australia. The Pilates Alliance Australasia only exists because of the contributions of the Pilates community. If there's a topic or a conversation you would love to share on the podcast, then we'd love to hear from you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pilates Alliance podcast. Please leave your comments on the Pilates Alliance members forum Facebook page. Remember, for anyone who is yet to become a member, we'd love to have you put your voice forward for the benefit of progressing Pilates here in Australia.